Welcome to 1514, a podcast of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. 1514 draws its name from Romans 1514, where the Apostle Paul encourages the church that they are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to counsel one another. I'm your host and the executive director of the BCC, Dr. Curtis Solomon, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. This episode is brought to you in part by The Gospel for Disordered Lives, a new book from B&H Publishing, authored by Kristen Kellen, Rob Green, and Robert Jones. Thank you for joining us for this episode of 1514. We really appreciate you spending some of your time with us and giving us your thoughts and energy. We're coming to the end of 2021, which means we're also coming to the end of our Building Bridges campaign. So if you have not already, please jump online and start supporting the ministry of the Biblical Counseling Coalition with a monthly recurring gift. We really appreciate those who support us on a regular basis, and we couldn't do it without you. If you are a biblical counselor, counseling ministry leader, pastor, or involved in biblical counseling in some way, shape, or form, I encourage you to check out our partner program. That's for people who want to support the ministry financially, but who also might benefit from some of the resources and gifts that we send to our BCC partners. You want to find out more, jump on to biblicalcc.org, click on the donate button, and there's a description there that explains the difference between donors and partners. We really appreciate it, and we couldn't do it without you. So help us Bring unity to the biblical counseling movement worldwide by supporting the ministry of the BCC. Today, my guest is Matthew Cover, and Matthew is a part of Corporate Chaplains of America. And I was excited to have him on the podcast because I thought it was really interesting how he's able to take his biblical counseling training he received in seminary at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary and take it into the marketplace in a unique way. It's exciting to learn about and think about different ways that we can take biblical counseling and apply it vocationally or in lay ministry in all kinds of different capacities. And I thought corporate, corporate chaplains of America and Matthew's testimony would be a good thing for you to hear and consider for yourself or maybe somebody else. And just pray about and think about ways that you can use your training as a biblical counselor uh, in maybe ways you haven't thought of before. So thanks for listening today, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, everybody. Thanks for being with us on 1514. Today, my guest is Matt Cover. Matt, would you introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania called Wrightsville, and uh, I became a follower of Christ at the age of 21. And shortly after that, I um, began to have a hunger for uh, for knowing the word of God and for, for sharing the word of God with others as well. And so, um, I ended up finishing my undergraduate degree, uh, through Liberty university. And, um, I graduated from Liberty in May of 2010. And then a few months after that, I married the love of my life. Her name is Lindsay. Uh, so we got married in August and when we came back from the honeymoon, uh, we picked up and moved to Wake Forest, North Carolina. Um, I attended seminary at Southeastern and uh, was able to study biblical counseling there. And while we lived in North Carolina, uh, my wife and I had our first two children. Um, we had Jaden and then we had Owen. And uh, while there, um, I also had the opportunity to serve at my local church in a biblical counseling center. Um, as well, I, I also had the chance to, uh, to counsel at an addictions ministry in the Raleigh area 
as well. And um, got to do that with Sam Williams. He was my mentor through uh, through seminary. So that was that was a wonderful time. Uh, after graduation, I um, joined a ministry called Corporate Chaplains of America. That brought my family and I to Richmond, Virginia, which is where we live now. We've been here for about five and a half years. And uh, since being here, we've had another little one. So um, we have three boys, ages one, six, and seven. And uh, since being here, um, I, I have served as a pastor of counseling at a local church. I did that for about two years. And um, now we are at another church. Um, I, I'm an ordained teaching elder in the PCA. And uh, yeah, so now my full-time ministry, I'm focused on, on corporate chaplaincy. And uh, that's, that's just a little bit about me. Yeah, well, thanks for, thanks for introducing yourself and your family to us and giving us a little background on, on your training in ministry. And, and I wanted to talk to you today about the, the work as a corporate chaplain because I think it's an interesting outlet for ministry and for people who are trained in biblical counseling to consider how they might use that in, a, in maybe something that we don't always think about every day. So tell us, what does it look like to be a corporate chaplain? What does that mean? Yeah, corporate chaplaincy is not very well known. Obviously, um, we're very familiar with, you know, hospital chaplains, military chaplains. And, um, but corporate chaplaincy is, uh, is a very unique calling, a uh, very unique field. And the only reason that actually I was familiar with corporate chaplaincy is because their headquarters are located in Wake Forest, where we lived um, while I was in seminary. Uh, you know, corporate chaplaincy is a really neat ministry as we are actually brought into the workplace by, by owners of companies, um, that, that want to see the gospel come to, to the workplace. Uh, they know, they know what we're about. They know our mission statement. Our mission statement is actually very Christ centered, uh, it says our, our mission is to build caring relationships with the hope of gaining permission to share the life changing good news of Jesus Christ in a non-threatening manner. Uh, and so, you know, we're brought into, to these workplaces and uh, we make weekly visits for the purpose of, uh, of building relationships with people so that they are um, willing to reach out when, when they have, when they're in a time of need. Um, so they have access to us 24 seven. They all receive a, 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 uh, uh, they receive our information, our number, they're able to call anytime. And, uh, so we have the opportunity to not only go into the workplace and, um, and, and just build these relationships, but, but it's with the purpose. The purpose is to be able to, with, with their permission, um, when the opportunity is there, uh, to talk to them about the things of God. And, um, so that, that actually has opened up for me a lot of opportunity to use my biblical counseling training and experience, um, in, in an area that I would not otherwise be able to do. 
Yeah, it's really interesting because a lot of times, you know, in our culture and society, we just hear about all the fights and the the negative things that against Christianity and what Christians can't do in workplaces. And you're you're invited into corporate America with the opportunity to uh, minister to people and point them to Christ. So you, you're working with corporate chaplains of America. What does that relationship look like, and how is it? How do organizations or companies uh, get connected with them to to even bring in a chaplain? Yeah, you know, a lot of it, a lot of it is word of mouth. A lot of these company owners that currently have us in their workplace, uh, they, they know other uh, Christian uh, CEOs and Christian owners and, and they find out about these things. And sometimes it might go like this, they might be telling a story about one of their employees that, you know, went through a tragedy and they had a chaplain come in and not only care for that family, but care for all of the employees as well. And they're like, really? Well, that sounds like something that I'd be interested in, you know? And, and so a lot of times it spreads that way. Um, and we also do have uh, a field development team that's dedicated to, going out and, and finding, uh, finding more and more companies that, that would want, uh, to receive what we have to offer. Obviously the more and more companies we can bring on board, the more and more companies that we get to take the gospel to. Um, and so that's, uh, th- those are the two main ways that, that we are, you know, finding opportunities to, to do what we do. Yeah. Now, does your is your workload based on? Is there a certain number of of meetings you can you have with a particular organization or company? Or when a when a company comes to Corporate Chaplains of America, do they get you yourself for their company and only your company? Or how how do you divide your time and what does that look like? Yeah, I'll I'll explain kind of what it looks like for me. So living here in the Richmond area. Um, I, I serve three companies here, um, three, two of which are pretty big. Uh, one of them is Coca-Cola Consolidated, um, and one of them is called uh, Luxstone. And these two companies um, know that you know I'm I'm their chaplain, so they expect me to come by every week. And um, I, it's it's neat because it's like I I become even though I don't work there it's like I become part of that team, which is such a, a privilege, you know? And, uh, so everyone gets used to seeing me and I get used to, you know, I get to know them, they get to know me. And, um, so they, they're accustomed to that weekly visit. And they also know that when something comes up, they can call their chaplain and, and he's going to respond and he's going to be there to care for people. Um, and so, yeah, it's, every chaplain has, has a different, uh, a different mission field, if you will. Um, we all serve different types of companies, you know, um, I, I, on, on a few days a week, I go to a, I go to companies that, um, you know, most of that day I'm, I'm in a corporate office. Um, there's other days where I'm, I'm working, I'm walking through a production facility in a warehouse, even a quarry. Uh, so they're, they're all very different. Um, but yes, each company is going to get a, a dedicated chaplain that will, um, that will 
again, make their, their visits there and be available to them. Yeah, that's really, really interesting. Are there any special certifications or training that you have to have in order to be a corporate chaplain or, um, and it may be different for corporate chaplains of America and maybe some other independent or, um, other organizations. I'm not sure how many there are. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's actually not that many. Um, I, I know that corporate chaplains of America, um, is the largest full-time chaplain ministry out there in, in the world. Um, but there, there's not that many organizations, um, even with us being the largest, um, you know, we're just scratching the surface. You know, we've got about 250, maybe 275 chaplains all across the nation. Um, but we're, we're hoping to keep growing, uh, more and more. Uh, but as far, yeah, as far as qualifications, um, you know, a, a bachelor's degree, that is focused on biblical studies is the, uh, is the requirement of a preference for a master of divinity degree. Uh, and then another requirement is that, um, that, that one has five to seven years of workplace experience that that's not ministry. Um, so that way, you know, as a chaplain, you're going into a workplace and you know what it's like to punch the clock. You know, you know what it's like to, to work somewhere and, um, and, and just understand the dynamics of, of corporate America. Um, so, yeah, those are the requirements. Um, we're, we're definitely looking for chaplains that have, have a, a heart to serve people. Um, but we, we, we also are looking for competency. We're looking for chaplains that know how to rightly handle the word of God. Um, what, what we do is very, is very Christ centered, um, and is grounded in the word of God. And, uh, so that's definitely something we're looking for. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And what kind of services do you provide? You mentioned the, you know, grief, uh, counseling for somebody maybe who lost a loved one, but what else do you provide to, uh, individuals and the corporations that you work for? Yeah, it's a pretty broad, um, it's pretty broad what we do. People reach out that are depressed, anxious, having relationship issues, uh, people that are having financial issues, um, suicide, you know, lots of crisis situations. Uh, we do, we do, um, funerals. We help people work through that. And then we officiate them as well. Um, so yet yesterday I, I received a phone call from an employee that just wanted somebody to stop and pray for him. And, uh, sometimes I'll get a phone call and they'll say, Hey, Hey chap, I, I'm honestly just having a bad day, nothing major, but I'm just kind of, I just wanted to talk to somebody. And, uh, and then other times, you know, whether I'm making my weekly visit or they're calling me, they'll mention to me, Hey, could we, could we meet up outside of work and, uh, just sit down and, and, and talk through some things. So it's, it's a lot of different, a lot of different areas that we, that we cover, um, which I personally really like. Yeah. Do you, can they bring you in to do Bible studies or group service, you know, anything like that? Or is it really focused on the one-on-one personal ministry? Yeah, every company's different with that. Um, one of my companies wants me to institute prayer meetings, and if if I would like to, 
or if the employees would like to do to do a Bible study. And then I think some other companies are a little bit more shy about that. They just want you to, you know, do your one-on-one thing, but not, not bring, not bring too much of the Bible stuff to the workplace. You know, so I think, I think that, uh, every, every company has its own culture and every company wants something that may be a little bit different from the chaplain. Yeah. I think, I think that's one of the things that would really piques my interest about the biblical counseling, you know, think for biblical counselors to think about this as a, as a ministry opportunity is so much of it is the personal one-on-one ministry, which is what we do and what we've trained to do. And so just, uh, yeah, I think probably all of your colleagues would be well-equipped as biblical counselors. And I tell students at seminary all the time, I've never met a pastor who wished they had taken less counseling classes. I bet you probably never meet a (laughs) a chaplain who wished they'd taken less counseling classes. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the heartbeat of the Bible, brings life-changing hope and power to real people with real problems. Inspired by that conviction, the Gospel for Disordered Lives provides an introductory guide to the theory and practice of Christ-centered biblical counseling, intended to serve as foundational textbook for students in Christian colleges, universities, seminaries, and graduate schools. The book also provides a useful overview that working counselors can reference in their ministry context. Additionally, it can serve pastors and current counseling practitioners as a helpful refresher and a resource for common counseling problems. I love this new textbook. I'm going to use it in my training, and I hope you will too. What led you to pursue this this vein of ministry? Well, I was at Southeastern, and as I mentioned, I I was a, a biblical counseling student. Um, that was and is a passion of mine. I not only personally love the word of God, but I, I want to help others um, find, find comfort in it and find joy in it and find how beautifully relevant it is to all of life. And so I, I always knew whether, whether the Lord called me into the pastorate or to something else that I would want to be using my, my biblical counseling training well, I had found out that um, a guy at my church was one of the corporate chaplains. And so him and I met up for lunch one day and I just was asking him, hey, what do you guys actually do? Because <laughs> I, I see this building every day, but I have no idea. It's a mystery to me what you guys do. And he told me that, you know, he, he has one task. And it's to go visit these companies and be available when people need him. And, uh, you know, at the time, um, I was working as an optician at an eye doctor's office. And that's, that was the, uh, the job that I had through my undergrad and my graduate work. And so I got to work one-on-one with patients a lot. And somehow, we would often start talking of the things of God it was just kind of a natural thing, you know, whether they were believers or not, we would start talking about the gospel, start talking about uh, the word of God. And so, you know, as I, as I was getting closer and closer to graduation, there were moments where I thought to myself, you know, I really want a pastor, but wow, I'm going to miss being in corporate America surrounded by lost people. So again, when I found out, what they did at corporate chaplains, I thought 
that seems like a really good fit for me. I have, I've been blessed with great training in biblical counseling. I had already acquired some experience in it and I knew I loved it. And yet I also loved sharing the gospel with people. And this was really an excellent combination of those two. And so, so I applied and, uh, the Lord saw fit to open that door for me. And, and it has, it, it has been an, a wonderful past five and a half years of doing this and just being able to, again, utilize, um, those biblical counseling skills and training, uh, in a very unique context. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the, the unique benefits that come from doing ministry in this way? I would say, first of all, going to the people instead of them coming to you. Uh, when I was in a biblical counseling center, I never went seeking people. They just found us. <laughs> right. Um, but I'm actually going to the workplace and there's people there that might not ever go to a biblical counseling center or go to a church. And yet they're crying out for help and they want comfort and they want direction. And, you know, everything we do, you might've picked up on this when I mentioned the mission statement, what we do is permission-based, which means that I don't take a Bible into the workplace. I'm not in here preaching. I'm not in here pushing anything on anybody, but if we're in the middle of a conversation, I, I will often say, would you, would you be okay? Or would you mind if I shared something uh, from the Bible that I think would really help your situation? Um, and no one has said no to that yet. Uh, maybe it, it might happen one day, but no one has said no to that. When people are in a bad place, they'll, they'll take anything, <laughs> you know? And um, so I think that's a really unique aspect. I also think a unique aspect of it is the variety of biblical counseling that's done. So for instance, sometimes my biblical counseling, which used to be very formal all the time, you know, one hour sessions, taking notes, giving homework. Um, I still do that, but that's not always what it looks like. Sometimes it might look like a 10 minute conversation in a cubicle or it, it might happen now, you know, while I'm, I'm, I'm walking out to my car and someone stops me and says, Hey, chaplain, can we talk? And now an hour later, I realized we just did biblical counseling there, even though we weren't sitting in an office, you know? So, um, it's just, it, I, I think those are some unique aspects that, that I think are, are, are pretty, pretty neat. Yeah, no, I, I, Definitely agree. And I also think it highlights the reality that when we talk about biblical counseling, you know, we can have different uh, definitions and opinions or and, and emphasizes different aspects. But there is an element of just uh, life on life discipleship of speaking the truth and love that all Christians should be able to do to each other with each other. Um, and you get to do that as well as the more formal sit down, uh, as Alistair Groves called it, problem focused discipleship. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that variety is really cool. I'm sure. What are some of the the challenges that come up 
come along with that as well. Yeah, I, I think that would the challenge as a company. What what I just said about about the unique aspects. Um, sometimes when I only have that ten minute session, I'm I'm wanting I'm I'm wishing that we could have a more structured time where we were in a quiet space where we were granted more time. Um, so that can be challenging. There's sometimes where I feel like we're just getting somewhere good and we get cut off because again, I'm not here to interrupt workflow. So I've got to be very careful with that. Um, so sometimes we have to say, Hey, can we meet up, you know, outside of work, which, which works well, but it also sometimes is like, man, we were just getting into the heart of the issue. And then we had to stop, you know? Yeah. Do you find that those, those shorter conversations often do lead to the more in-depth, longer conversations? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes it might just be the following week we pick off, we pick up where we left off and it keeps building and it's just, you know, a three, three minute conversation one week after another three minute conversation the next week. And then over a few months that adds up, or it could be after a few of those short conversations, somebody says, Hey, would you mind if we met up outside of work so we can talk more? Um, so I, I see a little bit of both of that. Well, that's that, that's that benefit. I think of, of being in the, being present in the workplace repeatedly over and over and over again is that builds that familiar it builds a relationship right that's uh, that familiarity that relationship they feel like they can um, rely on the fact and depend on the fact you'll be back next week and continue on those conversations so uh, obviously biblical counseling you know part of our our doctrinal statement is that biblical counseling is grounded in the local church um with chaplaincy and corporate chaplaincy in particular, how do you, how do you all work with local churches? How do you, what does that look like? Yeah. So a huge part of, of what we do, as I've mentioned, is we're, we're sharing the hope of Christ with people that don't yet believe. And, uh, so when, when folks do put their faith in Christ, the first thing we're doing is getting them connected, attempting anyway, to get them connected to a local church. And, uh, so that's one way that we're, we're connecting what we do to the local church. We, we, we by no means view ourselves as the church or a replacement for the church, but we are certainly parachurch. We're alongside the church to serve her. Um, another way would be, and I'll, I'll give you a, a, a real example of this. About three years ago, I had the privilege of, of leading a gentleman to Christ. And ever since then, him and I have continued um, a discipleship relationship. Um, about a year ago, by God's grace, I was able to lead his wife to Christ. And uh, I have done I've done counseling with this couple Um but I've also been actively discipling him. But, but praise God, uh, actually, very recently, this couple have begun taking their family, uh, going as a family to a local church. Um, and they are, they're, they're, getting, uh, they're getting very plugged in there. And they're seeing the importance of the local church. And so even though... I am counseling with them. 
I'm, I'm in the process of, of handing that care off in a sense to their local pastor, um, which has been a very beautiful thing as far as the counseling is concerned. Um, and so even though I'm continuing to meet up with them, uh, for discipleship, especially, especially, uh, the, the, the man, um, it, there's still an element there that as chaplains were saying, Hey, we're not, we're not a replacement though for the church. Uh, so we, we want you to be involved in that. Um, so, so yeah, the church is, is obviously, uh, extremely important. That's where they need to be. That's where our employees need to be. Um, so we're, we're trying to help connect our employees to the local church and what we do. That's great. If somebody wanted to get involved in, in the ministry, either, you know, becoming a corporate chaplain or maybe somebody's a Christian and uh, business owner and they want to get a chaplain, how can they get plugged in? How can they get more involved in, in that ministry? I would say go to chaplain.org, check out, uh, what it is we're about. Obviously you're hearing quite a bit of that today, but, but look at, at what we're about. Look at even some of the uh, the positions that are open out there. Um, and there, there's ways for you, ways for others to contact corporate chaplains. That's all over the website. If there's, if there's further interest. And, uh, I would definitely encourage people to do that. If, if they sense that, um, what I've described today is something that first of all, they think, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of already doing a little bit of that. Um, then I, I would say this is probably for you if you're already doing this. Um, and you know, if, if you have questions about that as well, um, you know, that, that's something we've got our headquarters in, in, uh, Wake Forest and an absolutely wonderful team of people there, uh, a team of leaders that are, uh, are wanting to answer those kinds of questions. So definitely contact us. That's great. Now, if somebody is thinking about becoming a corporate chaplain, any advice, encouragement, warnings, wisdom you would offer to them? Advice would be uh, to to continue to be constantly growing in your understanding of the Word of God and how it applies to real life situations, uh, because that's again that's a huge part of what we're doing. Um, we're helping to to guide people not based on our opinions, but on on the Word of God. Uh, warnings. <laughs> I guess I would say it's, it's not an easy ministry. It is an extremely rewarding ministry, but it, it's not an easy one uh, because you are going to face a little bit of everything. And in some weeks might be a lot heavier than others. So, um, you know, just that, that would be a, a, a warning is it, it's definitely not uh, a walk in the park, but it is an absolutely amazing, rewarding ministry, uh, that you, you definitely will derive a lot of joy from. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that, uh, wraps up our, the time that we have for our interview. I really appreciate that. So, uh, the last two minutes I reserve for a segment called two minute favorites. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. All right. What is your favorite food? Prime rib. Favorite color? Yellow. Favorite sport? Basketball. Favorite sports team? 76ers. Uh, favorite gift you've ever received? The entire 
John Calvin commentary series from my wife. Hmm. Favorite gift you've ever given? Um, an engagement ring to my wife. <laughs> uh, favorite ice cream flavor? Chocolate chip cookie dough. Favorite candy? Sour Patch Kids. Uh, favorite word? Uh, propitiation. Uh, least favorite word? Oh, I don't have a least favorite word. I don't know. All right. Favorite book in the Bible? That's a really hard one. I would probably say the Gospel of John. All right. Favorite book outside of Scripture? John Owen's Communion with the Triune God. Hmm. If you could choose any superpower, what superpower would you choose? I would want to have Flash's powers because he can read a book in two seconds. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Favorite Bible verse? Um, John 17. All right. Uh, favorite animal? Dolphin. If your mother were to describe you in one word, what word would she use? Mm. Uh, nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite job, excluding your current job? Uh, my very first job working at a grocery store with a bunch of friends. All right. Well, that wraps up our two-minute favorite segment, and it wraps up our time together. So, Matthew Cover, thanks so much for being with us on 1514 today. Uh, what a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode of 1514. If you'd like to find out more about the Biblical Counseling Coalition, you can visit our website at biblicalcc.org. Special thanks to our podcast engineer, James Wills, who does all the post-production editing to make this podcast sound so wonderful. also want to thank my assistant, Carrie Felton, for helping to arrange these interviews. And a special thanks to Andrew Riddell, who composed and recorded the music we use on 1514. I hope you have a wonderful day.